0: ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Miguel Dean is about to come on and just blow your mind. This guy has been through so much, just had a journey through life that is unlike any other. And he's going to be sharing with us about how to raise our consciousness and have incredible powerful, epic relationships that are are unlike anything else that we've ever experienced before. So I'm excited. And specifically, I want to talk to you because you're becoming your greatest possible self. You're stepping into your greatness every single day. You're being it now and you're becoming your GPS. And we're here to support you however we can. Whether that's staying tuned to these 12-hour marathons, subscribing to the podcast, whatever it is, keep plugged in so you can keep growing yourself. And I'm also here to support you in getting your message out to the world. So when you're ready to come on the show as a guest, let's talk. We'd love to see if that's a great fit for you. And when you're ready to launch your own platform, your own podcast, let's talk about that too, because I'm here for you to equip you with the knowledge, the skills, the strategies, the systems, automation, all that great stuff, processes that have really helped us to get to where we are today two and a half years of doing this 12-hour marathon, interviewing 600-plus guests, and uh, we are not stopping anytime soon. We are going, going, going. So find me on facebook.com forward slash th3burns, Instagram, I am Millionaire Chris, and email chris at gps.com Looking forward to hearing from you. Next up is the iTunes review of the week. Let's see who it's by this week. This week, it's by Christian Mojazo. Mojizo, that's a very cool name. And Christian says, great show. The host, Chris, is awesome. He brings high energy to every show and as a result, makes each episode exciting. He brings very knowledgeable guests to talk about business, but he isn't solely focused on business. He also provides powerful information about how to succeed as a person and become your greatest possible self. I highly recommend this podcast. Thank you so much, Christian. I appreciate you, man. And if you're out there listening, you want to give us a review and get a chance to be shouted out on a future 12-hour live stream marathon, definitely go to beergps.com forward slash iTunes or search greatest possible self on the Apple podcast store, and then subscribe and give us a review and let us know what you love about the show, how we can improve it, what you want to see more of. We appreciate all of it. Thank you so much. I'm going to introduce Miguel in just a second here. Before that, grab a piece of paper, grab a pen, be ready to take notes because every guest who we bring on has wisdom to share. And if you don't take action on it, if you don't write it down and say, how do I apply this? How do I implement it? How do I put it in my schedule, my calendar, and actually do something about it? Then it's just, it's inspiration. And inspiration's great, but inspiration without execution, without discipline, without action, man, that's just wasted effort, wasted energy, wasted potential. So let's activate and actually execute on this gold Miguel's going to give us. So stay tuned all the way through till the end because there could be one idea that transforms everything for you. Stay tuned. Let's introduce Miguel and then we'll bring him on the screen. Miguel Dean is the author of Bring Him Home, a twin flame love story, which is his true story of a twin flame love affair with an extraordinary woman, From a very challenging start to life, he has traveled an amazing journey to a place where he is now a catalyst for healing, transformation, and balance of the inner masculine and feminine within men and women, which results in healthy, conscious, loving relationships. Through his speaking, writing, and one-to-one sacred masculine healing sessions, he is committed to making a more beautiful world for the children and generations to come. His knowing is that reconnecting with the sacred in all life, as well as relationships, is key to facilitating this change. And we are going to dive deep into this conscious relationships topic. Miguel, are you ready to rock the house, my man?
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm ready, Grace. I'm ready. I'm loving your energy. Yeah.
0: Thank you, man. I, I appreciate it. We're gonna have a blast, man. So let's dive right in. The theme of today is the power of repeti- repetition, and we just wanted to hear your perspective, Miguel, on on this topic: the power of repetition. What do you have to share about that?
1: Okay, repetition. Yeah, yeah. There, there definitely seems to be um, a recurring theme for me. Uh, you know, it's that you do something, it doesn't quite work out. You have a look at how do i do it need to do this a little bit differently what can i learn from last time i did it and we get up and do it again you know it, it's it's very connected to resilience isn't it and, yeah. and perseverance uh, and mastery mm-hmm. and um, yeah you know it, it, sometimes it it seems that that's why often why a lot of people don't achieve their potential because we we, we sort of live in a world where there's quite uh, you know instant gratification focused and often, you know, I, 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 I sometimes say that, you know, a boy wants something straight away. Mm. Whereas a man, and perhaps in the sacred masculine, sort of digs deep and says, okay, I will dig deep and I will persevere and I will keep doing what needs to be done in order to get there. Even though <laughs> it's a little bit like, um, you know, pr- promoting my book, you know, it's like you just keep plugging away and keep plugging away and keep plugging away. And it's like, you know, there's a deep knowing that, yeah, you know, that that is what needs to be done. You know, nothing in nature or nothing in the bigger picture, you know, happens just like that. You know, often it may appear like that, but there's all sorts of repetitions going on behind the scenes, no? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it. I think I really love where we've started this conversation because the boy is the is the wonder is the possibility is the instant gratification. Like I'm the creation master and anything I want, I got it, right? It's 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 a very awesome instinct and thing that's built into us and then I think along the journey we also get to evolve into a a mature perspective of understanding that the things that we truly desire, our purpose, our calling, our message that we're here, our gifts that we're here to give to the world, that stuff, it's like planting the seeds and nurturing it. And some things happen right away and it's awesome. And some things take time. So we really get to be patient. And I think that when you become a man or even a woman, when a, a woman goes from a girl to a woman, there's the maturity of knowing I'm here to nurture what I'm to bring to life with with the baby, right? The, the the father and the mother, they have that patience with the baby to take it from infant, helpless, you know, not, no no power to do anything but just cry yeah. all the way into a full-fledged human being, a full-fledged creator of one's reality. And it's, it's such an amazing evolution that a, a baby goes through and, and that we go through. Yeah.
1: Uh, babies are a, a fantastic example, aren't they? Of the uh um the, the the power of repetition uh, because you know I, I can't remember the exact figures but it's something like 100 150 times that a baby will, a baby will fall over before he gets close to mastering walking wow. uh, you know and and if you know what if you know we as babies tried it a couple of times and said oh give up i can't do it you know i tried to walk twice and i'm not having it we'd have a you know whole population crawling around everywhere but there's I guess often there's you know the, the, there are these thoughts the mind uh, yeah interesting character that you know that that puts us down and says because I haven't achieved it and you're going to look silly and you become you feel self conscious and you compare yourself and all that sort of stuff but a baby hasn't got that he's not like oh I looked after whatever he's just like okay just pick myself back up let's have another go yeah and that's what we have to learn to do as adults as well you know just just stay focused on, on what it is and that because we haven't achieved it the first time, the second time, the third time, even the hundredth time, doesn't make mean that we're any less. It actually means that we're more because we've stuck with it. That's right.
0: That's right. Yes. I love it. Miguel, this is, this is a beautiful start to the conversation. Let's talk about who you are and what you stand for, what your clients come to you for. I mentioned it a little bit in your intro, but in your own words, why don't you share it with our audience?
1: Okay who am I? (laughs) I think that's a deepening question that you know I think we keep asking that and keep finding layers and layers Yeah. Um, and at the moment I am it feels as if life has invited me to walk the path of what I call the sacred masculine Mm. which is a kind of new type of masculinity uh, a different way of uh, different ideas of different concepts of what it is to be a man Mm. Uh, because it seems to me that when we look around the world the results of patriarchy and lots of male leaders, you know, I kind of feel that perhaps we could have done a better job and we could be in a slightly different place now yeah. than we actually are. So, my path of the sacred masculine is something that, yeah, that I just, to begin with, I was always very focused on doing my inner work. You know, as you mentioned in my intro, I had a challenging start to life. My mom died when I was young and my there wasn't a lot of love around in my home. My stepmom was pretty angry and mm. um, uh, quite violent and stuff. So it was just like living in this kind of fearful place. And so, I, you know, once I'd gone through my uh, wild years, should we say, where I just went right off the tracks and I ended up living on the road and drugs, crime, violence, and just kind of like really hit rock bottom. But once I came out of that, inspired by the birth of my son, You know i began to be very aware that okay you've got some serious wounds here that are dictating your behavior you know so i really began focusing on healing my own wounds but very quickly i realized that we are all connected you know it's like human beings we're all different cells on in the body of humanity and what we do to ourselves affects you know, other cells of humanity maybe around the other side of the world, you know, in the the way that we shop or the choices that we make or, you know, all these different things, the food that we eat. So I realised quite quickly that I can't heal myself in isolation. That has to be um, come in conjunction with service and contribution to the world. And the more that I can help and raise others up, the more it catalyzes my own healing and my own growth and my own um, you know, greatest possible self. Yeah. Uh, so you know that's kind of like my journey in, in, in a nutshell. But the work that I do, apart from writing um, books like this one, let me show, hold it up there because my publisher will never forgive me if I forget to hold it up. <laughs> um, as well as writing, because you know, it, it, it's all the same kind of theme that weaves together, but mm. what seems to have happened in, in these, this journey of my own self-healing is that I realise that we have this inner feminine and masculine mm. inside us, which I call the divine twin flame. And to a large extent, you know, the whole of life is this dance between the feminine and the masculine, and, and I'm not just referring to gender-wise towards man and woman. I'm talking to about the yin and yang, the anima, the animus. And what happened for me kind of by chance through a twin flame encounter with this awesome woman, Mm -hmm. she really helped me catalyse and heal that inner divine feminine. Because I was always looking outside to woman to heal me, to complete me, to make me feel worthy and all this. Yeah. Till life just that that just wasn't working. And I was forced to look inside and this woman was just this amazing mirror that forced me to look inside. Mm. So that became about this inner marriage, this strength uh, between the masculine aspects of myself and and the feminine aspect, which had been very wounded for a long time. And then that just seemed to give me the ability... Yeah, you know, I mean, I've been walking this road of healing about 20 years, so by the time I got to this place and I've been empowering people... Uh, homeless people for a while, disadvantaged youth and then, you know, always moving and changing to this place where it was like, okay, well, if this has happened within you, you now have walked this path. So you Mm. have the tools, you have the awareness, you know what it takes to help others integrate the masculine and feminine within themselves. Because until that is healed to a certain extent and reasonably healthy, we will always have challenging and negative relationships in the world because our inner divine twin flame masculine and feminine is kind of a reflect reflected by the relationships we have with men and women and it seems to me that positive loving relationships conscious relationships <clears throat> is kind of the foundation of transforming the world really mm. you know if we get that right if children are born from loving parents and they're raised in love then, wow, we turn things around so quickly. You know, everything gets turned around instead of this separate, all these people, these little boys in men's bodies that are running governments and, you know, leading big organisations. We have conscious, whole, healthy individuals that are living from a, yeah, from a sacred place, from an interconnectedness of life rather than a what's in it for me or seeing everything through the lens of the wounded in a child or father and mother
0: wounds. wow it's I really I hear that especially young men have put up these walls to protect themselves and so they show up on the outside like with the wall with the facade with the mask of being a grown man having their life together, having success or whatever whatever their their pursuit is, but deep down inside. They still are not integrated with the, the healed, empowered little boy. So that little boy is running the show and running it out of fear. And that's causing all these consequences that we could potentially be seeing in our environment, in our government, in our world today, because what's running the show is someone who's the, the six-year-old or whatever, that who's afraid, who's afraid for, of getting hurt again, who's afraid of... Ha- so I think it's, it's really powerful, man.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Yeah, it it, it is. It, it's it's beautiful work to be in, involved with, you know, and um, it seems that, yeah, particularly men, I mean, for the most part it's women that I'm working with at the moment and it's around healing their inner masculine yeah. because we know that there are a lot of deep wounds, you know, within women because man, you know, patriarchy has, has abused his power in, in many ways, you know, and, and is, is still doing that. And so there are a lot of deep wounds uh, within women and around, you know, so it's kind of like, oh, men are not to be trusted. And men, you know, you don't quite know where you are with them. And they're only after one thing and all this stuff. Mm. But in doing that, they, they have pushed away the masculine within themselves. Mm. So they're not complete, you know, they're, they're rejecting an aspect of them themselves. Mm. And the men, of course, is, you know, it's it's not black and white, but often with the men that I'm working with, you know we've been brought up in this culture of big boys don't cry and that men you know a lot of the journey is this journey from the head back to the heart and Mm. back to actually feeling and that when our heart and our head work in in alignment then we are operating from a more whole perspective as well you know and the mind is often you know uh sort of categorizes you know the more masculine aspect of us and the heart is the more feminine the more emotion and feeling centered so again it's just bringing you know isn't so much of health and, and and success is about balance isn't it and so it's about balancing that masculine and feminine within men and women and each one comes with a different story but you know that that we're all living different versions of the same story is mm-hmm. you know it's my take on it we all have our challenges we were all raised by parents who weren't enlightened and so you know we come with our wounds but our in the healing of the wounds is our gift mm-hmm. it's kind of like you know you couldn't just be a baby grow up in a perfect perfect environment and be um, you know, totally sorted. It's uh, There's something about going through the journey, mm. through that hero's journey through those challenges that polish us, that hone us, that bust our hearts open with compassion for others because of what we've experienced ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah.
0: It's yeah. gold. Gold, Miguel. I love it. So I want to go back into your journey and, and talk about some of those pivotal moments for you. I know that you mentioned um, – like the, the having the mirror of a, a woman who is able to hold that, that light up to you to discover you were putting your the, the onus on someone else to complete you, to, to fill you up, to, to make you whole again. Can you take us back to that time and tell us what you discovered, uh, what were the things that you went through, so to speak, and how did you get through that phase as a, a more centered, connected to your own source, your own uh, divine masculine and feminine through that period of time?
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we are taught to look outside, you know, into the world. Uh, that's the way we're brought up. But i what I've discovered is actually change is always an inside job. Mm. It's always an inside job. And so you know, uh, the, this healing of ourselves is—we uh, have to make the changes mm. inside. And I, I kind of knew this, and I've been playing with it for for quite a while. But it wasn't until I met. Um, my twin flame, that it was like, okay, well, let's not stop messing around now. Let's let's really do this work it, because I'd, uh, <clears throat> I'd made the commitment and I said, yeah, I'm ready to do this work now. And so what happened was, it's in a nutshell, she, whenever she felt threatened or when things got difficult in our relationship, and this happened really quickly. It was like the honeymoon period was over like whoa, it was like this intense bliss and beauty and powerful connection and almost obsession. And then all this purging and this clearing started coming up and what would happen, because my wounded little boy was, always had his radar going to see whether she was going to close down, to see whether she was going to leave, to see whether she was going to was gonna abandon me. Right. Because that was what had happened to me as a baby. So all through my life I've been carrying this um, sort of fight or flight sense and this thing, woman can't be trusted, don't open your heart fully to her. Mm. And so my radar would be going for A, is she closing down, is she leaving, is she withdrawing, you know, in fear that that was it, she was going to disappear and never come back again like my mom. Mm. Or the radar was finding fault with her and being really hypercritical as an excuse to, nah, don't let this woman in, you know, because look, she does this and she does that and she's got that and and it was so, you know, it it was crazy and I was just increasingly able to witness this and understand what was going on. Mm. But her default when she, uh, because of her childhood wound, was that she would close down when Mm. things weren't going well for her, she would leave and she would uh, withdraw. And so... You know, there was this perfect dynamic that, and what happened after about four months, we went away for a little while uh, for a long weekend and we had this big argument. And we came back early and she said, I need some space to think about this relationship. I'm not sure if this is right or if I can handle it. And I said, Well, what are you talking about? A few hours or, you know, a day or two? And she said, No, I want a couple of weeks. And something inside me, well, the, the wounded boy, just heard that and she left and i just kind of fell to pieces really you know i just i just fell to pieces because it wasn't the man that fell to pieces but it was she had triggered exactly that perfect you know scenario that my woman was gone mother was gone the feminine energy was gone and i didn't know if she was coming back and so this launched me into this kind of like trauma Episode, which which kind of lasted for eight days, because after eight days she got back in touch with me, and and we you know we moved forward. At the beginning of those eight days, I was just it was just so intense, and gradually, bit by bit, I began to like have this internal conversation. The man in me was going, "Hey, your girlfriend just needs a bit of space. You know, it's okay. If she comes back, then that's great. If she's not, then that's how it's meant to be." Whereas the little boy was just, you know, you know what it's like when you're emotional and you can't see things clearly. He was in so much pain. Mm. I I couldn't eat properly. I couldn't sleep. I just had all this nausea and these aches in my solar plexus, in my heart, in my belly. And I, in the past, when similar things had happened, I'd always avoided it a little bit. You know, I would got busy. You know, my younger days, I'd get stoned. uh, You know, I'd, I'd work harder. I'd do anything not to feel. What it was that I needed to feel, but this time I said no. I'm not going anywhere. I will stay, and I will feel whatever needs to be felt. Because I had this image of it was like this reservoir of pain that had been inside me all this time from my childhood that just needed purging, just needed siphoning off. You know.
0: And how did how did you purge it? How did you process that?
1: Yeah. Um, For the most part. It was just staying with it. You know, there's a Rumi line, you know, the Sufi mystic poet, he says, you know, uh, the the wound is the place where the light enters you. Mm. And I was kind of like repeating that like a mantra. And, you know, I have enough self-awareness to just keep bringing my awareness back to the sensation of the emotions. Because actually emotions are just a sensation in the body, aren't they? They're just a vibration, a, a hum, an ache, a dull pain or something. It's only when our mind gets involved that we, that it gets perpetuated because it's like, oh, you shouldn't be feeling this or, you know, there's a problem with you or you're not a man, you need to man up or, you know, you should have got over this by now or this is never going to end. Once we can bring our awareness just to the sensation, it passes reasonably quickly. Mm. As I stayed with it and just felt the pain and didn't distract myself, it began to get gradually less and that was when you know the the voice of the man could begin to be heard and just calm the little boy down and say hey look this is this is okay you know that this is okay so i just you know there was no magic formula it was just that awareness it was it and 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 i did it you know i did some stuff i i just felt compelled that i needed to go to the graves of my mother wow i didn't actually know where she was buried you know it was all kind of When she'd gone, uh, it was all just sort of not spoken about and stuff. So I kind of did a a bit of an initiation, a bit of a you know retreat. I just found her grave and you know drove until I got there and just kind of said goodbye to her properly and said and just sort of just talked to my little boy really and kind of said, hey, look, it's okay, you know, your mom's always, you you, you know, this is where her body is, but she's always in your heart and you're safe now, you know, it's Mm. done that is done and you survived it and you were so brave and just that being kind to yourself you know just just it was a real invitation to just really begin to love all those aspects of myself you know
0: and i also hear that something people might be doing consciously or unconsciously is avoiding the pain stuffing it back down that even when you said you know big big boys or men don't cry right i think that there's a similar thing for women too in that hey you got to keep it all together you got to take care of the family you got to you know keep keep your composure i don't know what what the phrases are but i think mm-hmm. that both sides have this this ethos, this mindset where it has to be repressed. It can't, it can't be shared in a authentic way. It can't be felt. It can't be allowed. It's like, no, no negative emotions, no heartbreak, no shame, no guilt. Stuff it down. And a lot of people do that through shopping, through uh, drugs and alcohol, through you know other numbing things, addictions.
1: Yeah. And I think
0: it's, it's important that we can be aware, hey, just sit with it breathe through it what does it feel like and just yeah. be present in your body don't go try to do something watch tv scroll through social media but just be there with it and like sit with it i think that's powerful
1: yeah yeah it's it's incredibly powerful it's so simple but it is incredibly powerful and often you know we look for all these complicated we overcomplicate it <laughs> if you could just have the courage to just feel it you know but, but you see what i mean i don't believe. The further I go through my life, the more I kind of let go of the whole duality thing and that, you know, all the judgments and stuff. Mm. That's part of my ongoing practice. Mm. But I don't really see that there are negative emotions. We've labeled a load of emotions negative and we've put them over there and gone, whatever you do, don't experience those, you know, and we'll give you a load of strategies, like you say, addictions and so on, to actually avoid them. But those emotions are all signposts, you know? Mm. Everything in our, these incredible human bodies, these minds, was designed by a master creator and it all has its perfect use. It's all there for a reason, you know? Uh, Apart from men's nipples, obviously. I mean, that's obviously a real exception to (laughs) the (laughs) rule. But negative emotions, there aren't any negative emotions, you know, they're signposts there to steer us away you know from if you're feeling something intensely then it's like okay i need it. life is saying that there's a simplified way for me is that, that you know it's not in alignment with the truth of who you are mm. if you're feeling that emotion and at the same time there may be some a degree of okay i need to feel this and and just let it go as long as i'm not perpetuating it mm. it's something from the past mm. They happen for a reason, don't they these these negative emotions, and they're always to bring our awareness to something that isn't in alignment with truth with love or you know using your words of of being our greatest possible self
0: yeah so how how would you recommend that we label or relate to the The spectrum of emotions that someone would typically call negative like how can we distinguish between like the pain- is it painful emotions and then uh like empowering like freeing emotions is on the other side of happiness and joy that kind of thing
1: yeah it's a good it's a good question it's a good question and uh, the closest i've come to um to some clarification around that, is just talking about the negative emotions as the uncomfortable ones. Mm. Okay. You yeah. know, just the, so I, I guess by default, then we have the comfortable ones and the uncomfortable ones. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, the uncomfortable ones are uncomfortable because they're saying, you know, the things that bring us the, the comfortable emotions is life saying, yeah, you're on track. This is mm. in the life of what, what what you're meant to be doing, why you're here. And the uncomfortable emotions are, you know, it's like, that, I don't know, we used to play a game, you know, hot and cold when you're little and you'd say, you're hot, 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 you're yes. getting hotter, you're getting hot, you're getting closer to it. The emotions are like that, you know, they just mm. say, no, 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 don't go there, don't go there, do something different, do something different, think different, believe different, behave different. Hmm
0: yeah so yeah. it's it's like an indicator if we can relate to emotions as indicators, like mm-hmm. I want more indicators that i'm I'm going in the right direction i'm moving towards my bliss, yeah. my light, my love, my source. I want, yeah. I'm I'm becoming more aware of the indicators, the emotions that are showing me I'm moving away from that. I'm not in alignment with my source, with love and my purpose. I think yeah. that just to zoom out when we're feeling the emotions and be able to reframe them and say, Hey, this is yeah. an indicator. It's not right, not right or wrong. And if I keep resisting it, if I keep trying to run from it, it's going to persist. It's going to it's going to want to overpower me. It's going to want to be validated because it's an indicator that is a part of me. And if I say I don't want it, then I'm saying I don't want a part of me, and that yeah. like creates resistance.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That pushing aspects of ourselves away. Yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. It's it it's. It's, it's a bit like you, we, we, where we started off when we were talking about the power of repetition mm. because, you know, you could have two people because it's not to say that you're going to feel that emotion straight away, but the degree of the emotions that you feel is dependent on the thoughts. It, you know, mm. is it not usually it's, it's the mind. You have a thought that generates an emotion. So if you don't like the emotion, change the thought or change the behavior, change the action. So you can have two people that are persevering, that are repeating something in order to get somewhere. One person can be experiencing very little uncomfortable emotions because he is is locked on, he knows what he's doing, he knows he's not going to get there straight away and he knows it's going to perhaps take some hard work and some repetition and, and so on. Whereas the other person might be doing exactly the same thing, but their thoughts may be, Oh, you know, I should have done this by now. Oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. Oh, I always mess up. like And, you know, I bet he's doing it quicker and better than me. And I don't know if I'm, you know what I mean? And then that will be generating all these different emotions, uh, you know, in in their body. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we have a massive choice. uh, And and I guess one of the powerful tools, of course, is, is the acceptance. Once we accept, okay, I'm feeling a bit of discomfort then you know it, it it will dissolve rather than as you would say just saying if we put resistance and try and deny an aspect of ourselves we're resisting it life is saying hey i've got to turn up the heat because i'm trying to bring your attention to something and we're going no shove it down numb it mm-hmm. avoid it you know and it's like okay well i'm gonna to have to turn up the heat because you're not getting this
0: yeah yeah, yeah this is this is powerful so like really acknowledging the emotions, that's that's number one, Miguel, and allowing us to process them. That was your journey of being able to accept and embrace the the indicator, the emotions that are uncomfortable, as well as the indicators of the emotions that are more pleasurable, and neither one is right or wrong, and we get to choose. We're the creator. We say, Hey, what do I want more of? What what am I committed to creating more of in this journey? What feels good for me? So after that point you you got some awareness for yourself when did it start becoming a a priority for you to teach others this information and serve others from what you had really learned and and started to integrate into your own life
1: yeah um it's you know it's been different levels and and different layers so uh, yeah i I began teaching and a passion for empowering others to say about 20 years ago Mm. but it, it all came to a whole yeah a whole different level um really it was really just a year ago that there was this really big shift with w- within me uh it was, it, there were kind of like some weird experiences and spiritual experiences and so on and mm-hmm. i mean what when i really sort of became aware that it, it was like i've been playing small a little bit still and there was a little bit of me that just wanted to sort of like you know just dip my toe in and just help a little bit here and there, but not fully commit to this is the path and this is what I commit my life to, you know? But life, yeah, I I was at a conference, a goddess conference, this really powerful conference in Glastonbury last summer. And, yeah, it just felt like I was just, it's like my, I was just in an altered state of consciousness the whole time that I was there, kind of as soon as I arrived. And when I came back, I started writing poetry. This these this sacred masculine poetry started coming through me. And it was just like I you know, this creativity, it was like I was unblocked and, mm-hmm. and that coincided, I, I probably should have said, with the with what I thought was the end of my twin flame relationship. So we've gone our separate ways, we've parted very amicably. I go to this conference, all this spiritual stuff happens, I come back, I start writing. And then when I was sharing it on social media, I was getting all this feedback and people saying, "I've been having this real kind of kundalini experiences and energetic experiences from your videos or from your poems and this like really weird stuff going on." And I was kind of like going, "Oh well, I'm not sure what you
0: know what that's all about. Yeah. <laughs> do, do my do my words? Do my gifts? Does my creation have that power? Oh my goodness!" <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it was really like that. It was like yeah, that for a yeah. while, and it was like it was a. Uh, there was still this playing small, and people started saying using the word sacred masculine. And I kind of kept looking behind me, going, Who are you talking about? You know, <laughs> like that, pointing at you. And I was kind of, and it took a while for me to say, Okay, yeah, you know, that th- this is happening. Yeah, I have been on this journey. I am committed to, um, you know, to my own healing and to creating a more beautiful world for the children and the generations to come. And I have a deep, reverence for everything feminine for the divine feminine because it seemed that that was one of the gifts from the death of my mother i tasted that mother divine feminine energy and then it was gone and that kind of set me on this journey to find that and reconnect with that and and honor
0: that so i I just wanted to ask real quick can we make a distinct distinction for the listeners um what how does someone know if they need to work on their divine masculine or their divine feminine
1: Yeah, I mean, if if you think of the yin yang symbol, you know they're both kind of you know present within each other, and it's it's not a clear black and white thing. Mm-hmm. But the feminine aspects are usually more around um, sort of the receptivity, um, openness, mm. uh, loving, the tenderness. It, it's kind of like quite an um, an opening. Um, I've probably got a few things written down here because I always forget some of the. Important things. Yeah, you know the honoring of, of feelings and, and the the, 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 the tenderness and, and the sometimes it's like about think of the, your ideal mother and how can you be that mother to yourself? What would be the ideal mother? Hmm. That is about the ideal sort of like feminine, you know, oh. creating that feminine, becoming that mother to ourselves. And, and so taking care of you you know uh, nourishing you look being looked after being safe being loving. and the masculine is probably more um, it's more active you know it's more pro, it's more pushing out there and it's more speaking your truth and it's more about boundaries and it's more about integrity and it's more about walking your talk and pushing pushing forward more the sort of repetition and so on but you know i think it's important to say to just re say This isn't about man and woman. When we're talking about masculine and feminine in this context, it's not to say that a woman is passive or that passive is any less, because actually we live in a society where space and non doing are undervalued. Mm, And if you think of an orchestra or a symphony, you know, it's the spaces between the notes that make it just as beautiful, that make the the piece of music beautiful. Mm. And so the feminine has been denigrated and has been you know, sort of like become second class uh, quality. So it's like it's almost like we need to raise those up and acknowledge those a little bit, and maybe slow down and just ease off a little bit on the do 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 do. You know, especially when your your GPS isn't working properly. Like you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, this is this is great. Um, in your perspective, the 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 feeling of unworthiness or not enoughness is that it. it central to either one of the um energies masculine or feminine or is it, it pretty much mm-hmm. equal in your opinion
1: yeah it 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 seems to underpin pretty much everything isn't it and you know um, you probably find with the clients that you work with I mean, every client i've ever worked with really the lowest common denominator is i am not enough i'm yeah. i'm unworthy of love. Yeah. um but just on the on, slightly up from the layer of that mm-hmm. is you know it's invariably the masculine or feminine wounds are connected to our mothering and our fathering. Mm. Um, you know, because they are the first um, templates that we have of what the masculine is like or what the feminine is like. Mm. And that sometimes there, it's like you know, I had a conversation. I was working with a woman, and um, and she, she, yeah, she, she she was raped when she was a young woman, and we were focusing on that for for, uh, for a couple of sessions before. I realized that that rape and that violation by man was just a kind of playing out of what had already been seeded in the relationship with her father. Mm. Not that there was sexual abuse or anything, but it was this kind of overstepping of boundaries and violation and Mm. and this sort of stuff. So, you know, sometimes we think, oh, it's our last relationship or, our you know, that's causing the problems or whatever. But our relationships... With men or women are nearly always, well, yeah, they're always to a certain degree, you know, um, affected by the relationship that we have with our parents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is powerful. I want to dive into the conversation about twin flames and why that became essential for you to share this message to live your purpose and even write a book uh, about it. Like tell us a little bit more about when twin flame and that whole relationship and what that means. When did that become really important for you? Yeah. Thanks, Chris.
1: Good questions. I like your questions. (laughs) Thank you. The twin flame thing was, Halfway through my twin flame relationship, I remember watching a video. I'd heard about it and stuff, you know. And I'd always thought, I'm a spiritual kind of person, but I'm pretty grounded in my spirituality, you know. And uh, I'd always thought this twin flame stuff sounded a bit woo woo to me, you know. So (laughs) I tried to be open to everything, but I was like, you know, I'm not sure that I need to really, you know, uh, find out more about that. But what it, it, by chance, in one of the what I call the twin flame sabbatical, me and my partner had separated because it all just got too intense and it was too painful i I, I happened to, to come up to, to i think maybe somebody sent me something on social media you know, this article about the different aspects of a twin flame relationship and i was you know starting from a skeptical place, I was just like, Oh my goodness, you know that is exactly what's been happening you know that's exactly what's been going on, mm. and in essence i think a twin. I think anybody. You see, I don't believe that there's this stuff about. And this is just my, you know, my way of looking at it. Yeah. Uh, that you know that people talk about that your twin flame is a soul that's been cut in half, and and you know, and your feminine aspect. You have to find them to make yourself whole. That doesn't resonate to me. I I believe that pretty much anybody, you know, if that when there's an attraction, there potentially would be your twin flame. Mm. And what will determine whether they're a twin flame or not is your the deepness. Of your commitment to love, mm-hmm. to loving yourself and to being with this woman or being with this man, you know? So that commitment, it seems, and um, with a little bit of divine orchestration of life, finding the right person and you to co- collide in the cosmic soup of 8 billion people just at the right time and at mm-hmm. the right place, <clears throat> put those together and you just get this supercharged, powerful, um, opportunity to come home to the truth of who you are because your twin flame is just somebody that will really mirror any wounds and will bring up anything that is not love within you will come to the surface to be healed to be set free to be released and anything that is not in alignment with love and truth they will bring to the surface and i think what often the misconceptions with twin flame is that that's as far as it goes that you know my twin flame you know, will complete me, and, and you know, and then we'll live happily ever after. <laughs> but it's like, it's this remembrance that the reason why this woman, in my case, is in my life, is to catalyze and facilitate that healing of my inner twin flame. And that's what makes me whole, and then that's what makes a healthy relationship. Because when I am whole unto myself, and she is whole unto herself, Then there is no codependency and we come together with a whole different energy. And then if you want to get really woo-woo, then we can really start transcending into this place of sacred sexuality and and oneness and divine union, which I believe at the end of the day is what we're on this planet for.
0: Mm. It's beautiful to feel that to feel into that to trust that to have faith that that's why we're here i believe that the other people in the audience you you are entitled to your own beliefs your own paradigm wherever you feel that we are going i totally resonate with that miguel of of really harmonizing those energies with the the person of the opposite sex for me you know the the woman of my dreams who's able to reflect back to me so i can evolve and really bring together my own twin flame within me, and then create that relationship with the twin flame outside of me, who's like my life partner, to constantly be reflecting and checking, hey, am I truly aligned with both the energies and showing up as my greatest possible self? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And it's, yeah, it's, it's lovely, it's really lovely to, um, and thank you for, 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 for saying what you just said. and. And I can, yeah, I can feel you feeling that. Um, and yeah, that, you know, because there was a little bit, you know, we, we we spoke briefly before, we don't know, we don't know each other too well and so on. And I, there was a little bit of me, was like, I wonder how deep I can go with Chris and, you know, do I need to, you know, to hold back on certain stuff. And But increasingly, you know, what I'm hearing for me, and this is part of the sacred masculine, is that I speak my truth. I will speak my truth, and it's just my truth, and it's just my it's the sum of my experiences, and I'm not trying to push it down anybody's throat Mm -hmm. or say this is how it is. It resonates for me, and it feels real for me, and it you know, and and it it just increasingly you know there is more and more evidence that it resonates for other people, and that people that I work with are more at peace afterwards, you know. So it's like. There's something going on here, you know? So maybe it's just a story, but, it, you know, at the same time, the whole world is made up of stories, and this story works, <laughs> there, you know? And plus, there's a little bit of an aside as well, isn't there? You know, pretty much all the great mystics and teachers and spiritual gurus are all pointing at the same thing as well. So, I can't take full credit for having discovered this all by myself.
0: <laughs> right, right. And and I think that we're in a time where information is so rapidly being exchanged and spread around the world. What a beautiful time it is to be a teacher, to be a communicator, to be a conduit, to remind mm. people who they really are, to remind people, hey, connect back to your soul, back to your source so that you can be your greatest possible self. And uh, we have to, we are blessed with the opportunity to, to remove ourselves and our own judgments about ourselves and our voice and our message so that the, the the channel is clear, so that people can can be healed or heal themselves, so to speak. Now I know that's like uh, along the lines of, of why you wrote your book and what it's out to do. So can you tell us a little bit more about your book and why you wrote it in your own words? Mm. Thank you,
1: thank you. Yeah, I wrote it because I couldn't not write it. As mm. soon as the idea uh, arrived, it is my third book, and I hadn't written a book for for quite a while. Um, And yeah, it was, you know, my twin flame and I had separated. uh, It was one of these, one of our twin flame sabbaticals. And it was like, I need to write this story. I need to share this. I've discovered the great power in vulnerability and and just, you know, sharing my own story, you know, different versions of it, different aspects of it and how powerful that is because it just makes other people sort of, oh, it's not just me, you know, we don't have to wear this mask of, oh, I'm so sorted, and and keep all the messy bits hidden and, you know, don't let anybody know about the bits where we're struggling. Mm -hmm. So I knew that I needed to share it. I knew I I can only ever write from the heart and just tell the story just as it was. But uh, there was a little bit of me that was in there that was, it was a kickback at Fifty Shades of Grey. There was a little bit of, how can a I don't know, I forget the author, but forgive me, but how can trash like that sell so many copies? There needs to be a conscious, you know, what people need to know a little bit more about what conscious relationships are about and the purpose of relationship and sacred sexuality and the awakening of Kundalini and the, the divine dance of the masculine and feminine. Mm. And, 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 and of course, there was this little voice in my head going, who do you think you are, Miguel? Like, you know, I mean, you know, it, 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 you you know you can't do that and blah 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 but i know enough to just push through that and so yeah i just sat down and just started writing knowing that this the world was ready for this story because in some ways it seems as if the divine feminine woman has woken up woke woken up before man you know the story of sleeping beauty I just recently discovered the origins of the story is actually that it is the it is the woman that kisses the man awake because he's fallen into a deep sleep It's from the Babylonian myth of tammuz and actually you know that's what i was coming to me. It was like you know the the woman has kissed man awake and and this was what was happening for me my Twin Flame was hearing voices, hearing the divine speaking to her, saying, bring him home. That's why the book is called Bring Him Home, oh. because that was that was what she heard. And then as I began to talk about this with other people, I, I found that other women had had similar experiences where in relation to their partners, they had heard the voice, bring him home. And I began to see, as I have done in, with all of my life, that my life is just a little microcosm of what is happening in the macrocosm, And if this is happening for me, this woman kissing man awake and asking him to, you know, step back into his power, to come home, to raise his consciousness, to remember how sacred life life is, then it's happening on a bigger scale. And so it was just this sense of, okay, well, I need to share this story because this will be a seed and it is part of what is happening. I am living this myth. Of the the
0: real Sleeping Beauty, and I can't not share it. I can't not. It's incredible. It's beautiful, Miguel. I want to talk about who should read the book and what is in it. What what will people get when they do read it?
1: Yeah. So it's for men and for women. It's you know I think it's unusual in one way because it is a love story written by a man, and it's very much from my perspective, um, although it's written in the third person. It's all true, everything that's in there, and even all the the really weird stuff that you think, oh my god, that surely that couldn't have happened like it all did happen, and the feedback that I'm getting is that people are saying that it is uh, as well as a beautiful and um you know a, a book that they can't put down, mm-hmm. but they're saying that it what I call the sacred masculine energy transmission wow. it is healing their sacred masculine and. Sometimes it can be—I'll be, be honest—a little bit uncomfortable in that it's, it's showing people things about themselves because we're all living different versions of the same story mm. that they hadn't really, they hadn't quite realised, or wasn't quite in their awareness. So it brings stuff to consciousness, and it brings stuff to consciousness around, you know, the, the sacredness of, of, of relationship. So it's a very much um, the editor when when he when he. The initial feedback said it's unusual to find a book that is so much show and not very much tell. Because he said most books tell you how to do relationships. Your story just says, just shows the reader exactly what happens, so that they can work out for themselves what applies and what pieces you know that, that, that resonate for them. So it's a book of you know it's got that sacred masculine energy transmission. It's a seed for healing. It's a seed to inspire men, perhaps, how to be more sacred and more conscious in their uh, respect and reverence of woman because she is uh, an incredible, beautiful creature that is, you know, to to be honored and revered. And it's a seed of hope uh, for for woman, you know, that there is a different way of relating and that there is a new masculine energy that is awakening and that is arising on the planet. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if if, you, if if you just like want a really good love story, then it's great. If you want something deeper, then you know, then it, it's power, it's powerful as well. And yeah, you know, it's, I'm not great at blow my own trumpet, but
0: <laughs> that's yeah. why I'm here. That's why I'm here, Miguel. Everyone, <laughs> go get this book. <laughs> bring him home. You, you will, you will awaken things within yourself. And like, like you said, bring those the the trigger points the triggered energy that the stuff that we may have overlooked or brushed underneath the rug that will come to the surface and we we get an opportunity a gift a blessing to to integrate that to heal it to integrate it just by being witness to your journey and your story miguel so it's freaking powerful man
1: thank you that was a beautiful
0: summary and and a rephrasing thank you chris yeah you're welcome. And and I just, I acknowledge you for the courage that it has taken just to get to where we are today. I know it's going to take even more courage to get this message out in bigger and bigger ways and serve even more people. And there's, so many people who need this miguel who who are counting on this who are you know their soul it's like they're like miguel come on we're waiting for this this message we're we're ready for it we're ready to transcend the pain the suffering the being asleep you know both men and women uh, and and bringing awareness to what we can do how we can show up, who we can be in the world so that it it's like, it's really our greatest possible self. It's really the best life ever. It's really bliss. Like I want more bliss on this planet, Miguel, and you are a conduit for that. So let's step it up even more, man. I got your back. Let's go.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Chris. That's beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I, I concur with everything that you say. And I really appreciate your energy and, uh, yeah, the work that you're doing, you know. and It just, it, you know, I spent a lot of my years working with very disadvantaged youth that had so given up and that were, you know. So to meet a young man like you who's just achieved what you've achieved and are doing what you're doing, it really fills my heart up as well, you know. And it's like, yeah, yeah there's hope, there's planets in it. We're in an interesting place, this journey of humanity at the moment. but you know, it gives me hope and it gives me faith in it. And it just fills me up, you know, when I meet, meet people like yourself. So thank you. Thank you as well.
0: Thank you, man. So let's, let's wrap it up with how can people stay connected with you? How can they get the book? And uh, we'll do that. And then we'll go into like just the final parting words that you want our audience to walk away with and really integrate into their own lives. But first, let's tell them where they can go, how they can take action, how they can get the book.
1: Okay, so yeah, the book is, uh, no surprise, um, Bring Him Home is, is available on Amazon, amazon.com, amazon.uk, uh, Barnes & Noble. You can you know order it from most bookshops. If you particularly want a signed, personalized copy, then you have to go to my website where you can, uh, you can purchase it, and um, I'll get that out to you. My website is just www.migueldean.net. So it's nice and simple. Uh, Do have a look on there and have a rummage around and check out my one-to-one sessions if you feel that maybe you'd like to try a session and see with help with that integration of that feminine and masculine twin flame energy. Um, And I'm pretty big on Facebook. I'm not a great big social media person. Uh, I've got a YouTube channel uh, that that you can find, uh, Miguel Dean Sacred Masculine Author. And Facebook, uh, yeah, it's my professional page is Miguel Dean Sacred Masculine. So yeah, or, you know, any of those means means of of connecting, and uh, you know, getting a copy of the book. It's in Kindle version. We haven't quite got around to doing the audio version yet, mm. uh, but there's yeah, the paperback or, or, or the e-book. And I would be, you know, I'm I'm honoured and humbled by everybody that when, whenever anybody buys a book. It just always feels for me like oh, there's a little, another little seed that has gone out there. You know, there's another seed that will be, you know, that will grow and, and spread and people will talk about it to other people. And, and that's how we change the world, isn't it? One little seed at a time and we all planting our different seeds in our different ways. That's
0: right. That's right, Miguel. Absolutely. So everyone, you can go to www.migueldean.net. That's M-I-G-U-E-L-D-E-A-N that net and also facebook.com forward slash Miguel Dean author is how you can find him on Facebook and just search Miguel Dean you'll be able to find him and definitely get a a session scheduled if you felt like man I'm ready to reintegrate the masculine and the feminine I'm ready to step into my greatest possible self Miguel can definitely help you take those next steps so thank you so much Miguel and let's talk about the final takeaways what you really want to drive home from this conversation.
1: what I'd like to my final words is that we are all so much more powerful than we've been led to believe by our you know human stories and we can create you know heaven here on earth it's always the little steps little things positive things power of repetition um, done over and over result in massive changes. That is how I've got from where I was, you know, a a wounded little boy, to a drug addict, to homeless, to on the streets, to in a mess, to in this privileged place where I am now, of just being able to maybe facilitate a little bit of positivity and a little bit of something beautiful in the world. So just believe in yourself, don't, you know, don't play small, push through the fear, but be in a gentle, kind, loving way. And you know, you, you can do anything that you want, especially when it is in alignment with the the, the the betterment and the the, the well being and the love of the collective. If our personal goals are in alignment with the collective's goals, then you've got you've got the divine consciousness behind you and that is always gonna be a winner.
0: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, Miguel. Thank you so much, man. I love you, brother. I appreciate the light that you're spreading in the world and this gift and all of your gifts that you're bringing to humanity. Keep up the epic creation. Keep playing big, man. Uh, I, I appreciate you. I see you. I acknowledge you, man. Thank you. Thank
1: you, Chris. Yeah, thank you. And sent to you. Same to you. Absolutely. Just mirror all that straight back at you. Lots of love. Lots of love, yeah?
0: Thank you, brother. You have an amazing rest of your day, Miguel, and we'll see you soon, okay? Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. For now. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for tuning in. Right now, we've reached the end of this episode, but this is the start of a whole new beginning. Each and every moment, you have an opportunity to rewrite your story. Right here, right now, decide and commit who you are going to be. Think about how you will use these ideas, wisdom, and inspiration to make the difference in your life. What actions will you take today and every day to step into your greatest possible self? Again, a big shout out to our sponsor, EmployeeEscapePlan.com. If you're committed to learning how to truly harness your abilities and passions to serve the people who are hungry If you want to clarify your vision, uncover blind spots, get more energy, tap into your flow and take massive action, head over to beyourgps.com forward slash coaching to schedule some time into my calendar. Now, master yourself, create your reality and make every day your best day ever.